Hello, welcome to Sportscast Podcast. This week, as usual, we'll be rounding up all the action from the football, looking at Luke Littler's first PDC World Championship title, touching on the snooker, McLaren F1, the Africa Cup of Nations, and then a really weird decision a Welsh rugby player has taken. Join us next. James, how are you doing? Oh, I'm all right, John. How are you? You all right? I am well, thank you very much. We good? are without Liam this week, so shall we try and kind of get through some of the uh, main headlines that we kind of both know and then kind of bumble his way through the darts and through the, uh, through the snooker? Yeah, we'll give it a go. Let's give it a go. <laughs> we'll we start with football. Football, yeah, it's been a it's been a good weekend this week. I mean, we've now come to the end of the mini winter break that the uh, Premier League is trying to adopt by you know having only ten teams play one weekend and ten playing the other it gives them a couple of weeks off. But uh, this weekend has been a bit of a goal fest, really. I mean, there was only two games yesterday, and there was ten goals scored yesterday with Arsenal convincingly beating Crystal Palace five nil. And then, um, controversially, Brentford beating Nottingham Forest. I don't know if you've seen any of the football over the weekend, Jordan, but Ivan Tony, that was his first um, first game back yesterday for Brentford after his eight-month uh, suspension for gambling. And they were uh, Brentford were awarded a free kick uh, a couple of yards out of the 18-yard box. And have you seen it when the referees spray that foam? On the grass? Yeah, yeah. He moved the ball just to the right, didn't he, or something like he that? He moved it, yeah. He kind of scooped up the foam, replaced the foam slightly to the right, put the ball down, curled it in around the wall into the bottom corner. Brentford win 3-2. So, yeah. I think um, I think Forrest you know, have put in, a, put in a thing to uh, the Premier League, to the FA, about that and seeing how that goes. But Yeah, and you know that, that, that the guy had 100 grand on him to score a free kick as well? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, no, it, it was a good game. I caught the Arsenal game. The, uh, Arsenal were pretty convincing yesterday, but obviously against against Palace, who are fifteen. Yeah, to be fair, I did watch it, and they uh, it was it was convincing. I know it's against Palace, but Arsenal just didn't seem like they even come out of second gear at any at any point. I think if they had gone full throttle, they could have probably had seven or eight. To be fair, but yeah, um, yeah, they they were um, they were very good. I mean, Martinelli's two goals. Within two minutes of one another, were, were very good goals and um, Trossard's goal as well that he he got was great counter attack from started back with the goalkeeper with Raya, and he's just threw it to the halfway line and Trossard's just gone through. So it was a it was nice to see Arsenal back on winning ways convincingly as well. But um, today... I was disappointed to see Roy Hodgson, um, obviously. Manager Crystal Palace at the end, mm. it was kind of like a really cinematic panning shot. Uh, and it panned from a really sad looking Roy Hodgson. Oh, he always yeah. looks sad, he's like a bulldog, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but then it panned round to see the crowd in the home end, and it was uh, they were holding up a sign or something saying, uh, it's all poor on field, sorry, poor, poor management decisions and, and weak, weak decisions or something are costing us 
whatever. Yeah, Palace aren't exactly challenging for the Champions League final, but like <laughs> you've got a feel for the players and for the for the for the management staff when the fans are waving their kind of flags about. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Roy Hodgson, he, he's been around the block now, isn't he? I mean, I didn't realise he's 76. Um, I know. You, you'd retire with, with your millions and live on a beach. You'd just call it a day now, wouldn't you? I mean, he's he's done well over the years. He's, he's He ain't going to be hard up, is he? He's going to have a couple of quid in the bank. And yeah. Just call it now. I mean, it's a shame because he's had a stellar managerial career, but that's the way, that is the way football goes. Yeah, he's like, he's like the Joe Biden of the football world. Yeah, yeah. Just oh. needing stumbling around over the on the touchline now, don't you? Yeah. Did you yeah. have something today uh, to do with today's games? Sorry. Uh, I watched a little bit of the Sheffield United West Ham game. I, I popped down the high street and just uh, stumbled into the pub for half an hour and um, watched a little bit of that. Um, that ended in a, a good draw for Sheffield United, 2 2. All right, they were at home, but. Um, West Ham aren't a they're not a crap club by any means but they um, they done well there but Liverpool absolutely smashed Bournemouth uh, uh, away, at, away at Bournemouth 4-0 4-0 it was 1-0 uh, sorry 1-0 when I was uh, yeah that was, it was it ended 4-0 uh, in the end I mean there was a couple of late a uh, couple of late goals Jota got two uh, the, I think in the final 20 minutes. Um, so it's, it, yeah, 4-0. It just puts Liverpool back up there challenging because I mean, City aren't playing now till next week. Uh, I think there's one more Premier League game tomorrow, Brighton and Wolves. So um, yeah, that'll be quite an interesting game, really. Yeah. Um, I see uh, Leeds got a nice win as well, so... Yeah, I was going to mention that. Uh, 90th, 90-something minute or something like that as well. Yeah, yeah that was... Uh, that was a nice, nice little win. So uh, I know there was a lot. A uh, couple of notable things from me is uh, mm. first one being uh, Birmingham two Stoke one, uh, mm. and and Birmingham now winning the last two games. One of them obviously was a uh, FA Cup game against Hull or a second round game against Hull, uh, but this one obviously uh, a champion, two, a really crucial three points for Birmingham under new management. Well, yeah, I mean, everyone thought it was strange when Wayne Rooney took over because I, I don't know about you, but I never really saw Wayne Rooney being in that managerial um, position. No, he's no. not done very well wherever he's got, even in the MLS with um, the Washington DC. He wasn't uh, wasn't overly great there, so I think he needs to maybe reevaluate what he wants to do with his uh, now he's retired from playing yeah. um, there was quite a lot of games yesterday called off as well weren't there for frozen pitch yeah think, a lot of postponements league one and league two due to frozen pitches but also this yeah. afternoon due to the wind and, and safety of fans um, which was which is a shame because they're going to have to get wedged in due uh, in, in the last kind of three months of the pack three months but yeah it's, uh, interestingly, Wrexham lost 1-0 against Newport County after going down to 10 yeah, men after yeah. just 18 minutes. Yeah, drop. Well, they, they are second in the league. I think they will uh, still secure promotion, um, but it's going to be the longer route of... of uh, is, it, is it two that go up, actually? In, in, in... Uh, three. three. Three automatically in one yeah. playoff. Yeah. yeah, I think they'll, uh, they'll, 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 they won't have to take the difficult route of playoffs and things like that. But I think... No, I think they'll go up automatically. Yeah, yeah. I think so. 
Um, I think they will. But yeah, lost for Wrexham. Um, but interestingly, eighteen minutes, uh, eighteen minutes in, they uh, they had a player sent off. So against it, but still in lost one nil. So pretty decent game. Uh, Notts County, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, Notts. Uh, no, Newport. Newport County. That's it. Newport County. Yes, yeah, so a little Welsh derby there. Mm. Uh, I watched a bit of the African Cup of Nations as well this week. I've been dibbling in and out of that and. I don't know what to make of that tournament. I don't know if you've seen any of it, but... I love it. I love it. That, it produces... Don't get me wrong. I could not sit and watch it because the no. the actual quality of the football is what we would refer to as very hit and miss. Yeah. Uh, I.e. couldn't hit a barn door and definitely does miss. But, yeah. um, but no, no. The, the, it does produce some quality moments. I think it's Matreya or or something like that. I, I don't know what the team is. Matreya or something like that. They haven't mm. scored in ten hours of international football, and then this guy picks that picks the ball up at midfield, and the commentator, if it'll probably be on Twitter, the commentator says uh, this team have now not scored in ten full hours of playing. This guy picks up the ball at the halfway right line, takes four or five guys on. Puts it in the back of the net with a curling left foot. It was fantastic. And that's the kind of moments that mm. I would like to watch in kind of snapshots in the African Cup of Nations. Well, I watched a bit of the Cape Verde game, actually, yesterday. I just, again, it was just one of them where I just pondered by it. I watched a bit of that. And that was, uh, there was a, a player, I think it's Carrera, I think it is. He scored their first goal from a free kick. He'd already taken a couple of free kicks from... 35, 40 yards out. And it was very Roberto Carlesque, you know, with the the, the long run up and yeah. just whacking it, you know. Uh, he hit the crossbar on the first attempt. And then the second one he had out on the right-hand side, he's just hit it. And the ball, it was like somebody had a, it was a remote control ball. It was moving every which way you could think of. And the keeper just flapped at it because I don't think he knew where it was going to end up. But he has... <laughs> Absolutely walloped it, and it was a great goal. And um, but when I when I say about the African Cup of Nations, the football yeah, it ain't great, but it is entertaining because it it brings up like you said that that goal when they haven't scored for ten hours or whatnot. I was watching that Cape Verde game yesterday, and there must have only been there must have only been four five hundred people in the stadium. Yeah, yeah. massive. And they're just not getting the crowds in. No. Well, this is, this is, I saw something on, on TikTok a while ago, and we, I think we spoke about it a few, a few podcasts ago about a, like a lowly team World Cup. And actually, mm-hmm. when I've thought about it, the funding and the, the kind of the attraction that it would, would bring wouldn't pay the bills, I don't think. You the, no. Typically, I'm saying typically because it's not always the case, but typically the best football teams in the world are come from developed nations, but also they have a high population. The more population, the more kind of football kind of players that you've got to choose from. But yeah, also... Pick from, oh, exactly. And I, I just think who... Who really wants to watch Mauritius versus San Marino? Like, I don't know if I do. And there has been some Asian Cup on this week. And I know Palestine played UAE or Saudi Arabia, one or the other. But realistically, who who actually wants to sit down on a Friday night or a Thursday night or whatever and and watch that when there's paint to what paint paint to dry to watch instead? Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's it's a shame, but it's it. <sighs> 
I mean, you'd think with Africa being one of the you know biggest continent on the planet with the, the highest population, so to speak. But they, like you're saying, they're undeveloped, aren't they? You know, I mean, you've still got many countries out there that don't have, base, you know, base water and you know basics. So, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a shame. But hopefully, it will. Um, the final when it gets here, it will probably be one of those uh, nations like Egypt and Algeria and those. Yeah. Those North- Northern African countries that have got a little bit of structure to them that will um will probably make it to the final. But I saw Salah went off injured, didn't he, the other night for Egypt? Yes. Um, so hopefully that's not for Liverpool anyway. It's nothing too serious, but um, we shall uh, we'll have to wait and see on that. Of course. Um, Luke Littler darts picked up his first PDC World Title. Rewind two three weeks. He was in yep. the he was in Alexandra Palace and he lost in the final. However, came back with a bang in Bahrain, beats Michael Van Gerwen six five. He, he went five three up, and then kind of bottled it a little bit at five five. Mm-hmm. And 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 judging kind of thinking back to what happened in the in the previous final, he should have gone I think five two up if he hit that double two. But what? He he kind of his experience and maybe his nerves and the world stage watching him kind of thing. It's it wasn't as televised and it wasn't as kind of hyped until mm. he won it. And I think maybe that's what allowed him to keep his head. But even so, fantastic result for such a young talent. I think he's outstanding. I think he yeah. I think he was he nine dart, didn't he in the quarters? He did hit a nine dart in the quarters, um, and he mm-hmm. checked out with a one seventy in the final. Wow! Yeah. Wow! I mean, uh, hopefully, I mean, we we're all guilty of it in in this country when we get a young prodigy, we we put so much pressure on them, don't we? Well, I mean, maybe not the case with it being, or all due respect, it being darts, which isn't a you know, it's not the popular game in this country. But hopefully, he keeps he has the right people around him. He keeps his head on straight. He, you know, he he just goes now, and you know. You never know. Phil Taylor's um, record could be broken for world championships and this, that, and the other. So, I think I think he's great. I think it's a it's a breath of fresh air, really, isn't it? You know, when you darts was you know for years been dominated by Phil Taylor, then Barnevel, then Van Gerwen and Price, and you know it's nice to see someone new come through. Yeah, and yeah of course. And things through. like this as well. Things like this bring bring sports to the forefront, to the forefold mm-hmm. and, and, and bring people that wouldn't necessarily normally take an interest in darts, semi-take an interest in darts. And it's happened with a, a few different sports, a few and, and these things come and go. Um but if you if 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 darts can get get raise a lot of attention and raise some money and raise some kind of hype around the sport that they will generate some new fans and they will generate a long-term fan base um and they will be following luke the nuke um when you know when you google things and and google recommends like things to buy when you google stuff or or, like news articles i I googled luke littler earlier just to see uh the result and, and and the way that it broke down um the the recommendation was like luke littler sponsored jerseys and t-shirts and things like that like 110 quid so they are well and truly jumping on the loot little bandwagon yeah yeah 
Oh, good on them. I mean, I, I did find it with Bahrain. I didn't really think that was a, <laughs> a, a a darts place, you know. I mean, it seems that the Middle East are taking everything at the minute, they? from football to, you know, sailing and whatnot. But darts, a bit of a strange one. I think it only premiered there last year. So it's only the second time it's been held yeah, there. But... There has to be a representation of every sport in, in the Middle East, I think, now. Yeah. They, wanna, they, want their, they want the finger in every single pie. Um, mm. Why not? Why not? Well, yeah, if it's done properly and it's, yeah, why not, eh? It's, um... So, Liam has sent me a single line on the snooker and what I know on snooker is written down in front of me right now, which is uh, <laughs> Judd Trump versus Ronnie O'Sullivan in the snooker final this evening. I did have a quick Google before we came on air. Uh, he is 5-3 up, I believe. Oh. Yes. Judd Trump, oh, Judd Trump, five three up. Is he? Yes, and uh, it, I think that's probably where the conversation stops. Yeah, that's pretty much all I know about snooker. To be fair, he put balls in holes. That's about it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no, but I mean, O'Sullivan, he's kind of he's dominated for so long, hasn't he? And he he just every time he step up to the table, you think he's going to win. I know Judd Trump is. He, I have heard him knocking about. He's a good player. But I just don't see anyone taking O'Sullivan off his perch at the moment. No, no. And I mean, it's with respect to snooker, it's not like a super physical sport. Um, no, probably. No, well, they used to play years ago with a fag in their hand and a beer on the table, you know. Exactly. Was, uh, yeah. So, um, just want to quickly touch on Formula One. Uh, Formula One news from this week is obviously quite thin still with us being in the off season, but Formula One does return in Bahrain, actually, uh, oh. in on February the 29th for free practice one. But oh. we have had all but two teams now reveal when their 2024 car sorry, is going to be revealed. So uh, some point between the 3rd and the 14th up to now formula, uh, of February, uh, 10 out of 12 teams will, uh, sorry, six out of eight teams will be revealing their cars. Um, but interestingly, McLaren have either had a PR kind of success or an absolute complete mental breakdown. <laughs> so at the beginning of the week, McLaren deleted every picture from their Instagram. They completely renamed themselves to like user two three five nine seven one four five one, something like daft like that. Yeah. They put up this cryptic kind of matte black black on black kind of profile picture and then they surprisingly completely surprisingly released a, the, a picture of their 2023 car with the 2024 livery on and they're doubling down on the papaya they've gone back to papaya for this year they've got some new title sponsors uh so sorry no the same title sponsor with uh, with chrome but also some new sponsors as well um but kind of coming from somebody who knows Formula One, I know what I think, but I wanted to get your opinion. That kind of behaviour, do you think McLaren are just trying to create some hype or do you think the McLaren engineers have stumbled on something unbelievable and they're kind of saying we are reinventing ourselves and this is who we are. This is what we're going to be in 2024. So I've 
not seen or heard any of this because obviously you know I'm yeah, not yeah. a massive fan of it all, but based on what you've just said, I would go with the first option that possibly to try and get some hype. Because I mean McLaren that if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, they're a superpower in that sport. They're amazing. They they, they they've got no one's beating them. But for them to all of a sudden take that down it's a people's well yours did you know your ears prick up and go oh hang on what's going on here you know you, you trying to entice people in um yeah I, I i don't really i think it's all a bit of a bit of a show but, i don't know i think uh, i think they've, I think yeah, they've got it's something. a tough one really it's, it's one of the I mean, one they of suddenly stumbled across a, a a special nut and bolt that makes them go 10 mile an hour quicker i don't, I don't yeah. know the one of the slogan or the slogan or something like there was something along the lines of like you've got to you've got to uh we've completely reinvented ourselves or something like that it just makes me think that so mclaren finished fourth um last season behind uh just behind ferrari mm. and I, I do believe in the in, way in front of aston because aston shit it towards the back end mm. of the season whereas mclaren did the opposite they were crap at the beginning of the season but then brought themselves back to the fold I think McLaren, it's Oscar's second season. He's not a rookie anymore. Uh, it's Lando's an experienced driver. And I genuinely think they have they have something for next year. It, but I might be completely wrong. They might how just be doing they, it for high. How could they reinvent themselves, though? From, you know, from your point of view, how could they reinvent themselves? What could they do to make themselves better that they've I don't know. The, there, isn't, there isn't a huge amount of change in the technical regulations between 2023 and 2024. Um, there's, there's new rules about side pods and things like that that, that, that eliminate some of the... To be fair, some of the worst car designs from last year are now eliminated. You can't do that. And then some rules around skid plates. But literally, minuscule things, things that necess wouldn't necessarily, I don't think, have a uh, big impact. But even so, like finishing fourth, they ended up with some decent prize money. They've oh. got stability in the team. And they have had, as a result, they will have had a really good amount of testing and air, uh, wind tunnel time um so that 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 yeah, the higher up you finish um the the more wind tunnel time you get and, and the more budget you get for the following year and everything like that so i think they've got something but then again zach brown who is the ceo of of mclaren his background is marketing so yeah so he might yeah could be playing a clever little card couldn't they even so, we don't have long to wait. No, no, not long. So that'll be... Uh, yeah. Do you think it's going to be another Verstappen season? Oh, yeah, yeah. It'll be yeah. another Verstappen season. Unless unless one of the teams has magic dust, discovered magic dust, <laughs> then unfortunately it will, will be another Verstappen season. However, it is still interesting to me to watch the constructors battle because... The, the, the I think um, McLaren, Ferrari, and uh, Mercedes are so close; they're almost on par with each other. Um, and and to a certain extent, I think McLaren on certain tracks are the far superior car. Uh, Ferrari just needs to sort out reliability, I think. But it, it's still an interest. It's still going to be an interesting season. But yes, I do think it's going to be Red Bull twenty twenty four, Red Bull twenty twenty five. 
Um, I can't genuinely can't see any other any other outcome. All right, okay. Well, watch this space. We'll see what happens. Watch with space. Mm. Anything else to kind of round up or summarise? Well, something did pop up during the week, which I was absolutely baffled by. But more I've read into it and looked into it, I kind of get it. And that's Lewis Rees-Samit, the Welsh rugby player, who he's, he's only 22 years old. Yeah. Already got 32 caps for his country. Been part of the British and, uh, British and Irish Lions tour in South Africa. Absolutely fucking lightning quick, unbelievably quick, has decided that an hour before Warren Gatland is going to announce his team for the Six Nations to say, hang on, boss, I'm going to take a bit of a break from rugby and I'm going to go to the NFL. Why was my first thought? Why? But then you look into it and there's been a few players that have done it. Uh, Christian Wade done it back in 2019, I think it was. And the NFL have this IPP, an international player pathway. And what it looks to me that Reese Zammett is doing, he's, he's not going to the NFL to all of a sudden play for the Green Bay Packers or anything. You, you kind of have that top level, which are your, your NFL first teams, then you obviously you have your your second level, and then you have this third level, which is your IPP, and you kind of it's like a a long training camp type thing that you go into and you play little amateur games, and it's kind of where the NFL teams or the, the the teams in the the second tier will look at recruiting from, and so on and so on. So he can go there now, and he might not he might not make it, or and if he does, it's going to be a couple of years till he's playing in in the NFL, but he's left Gloucester. And I think at Gloucester, he's on about 100, 100,000, 150,000 contract a year. By going to this, in this IPP in the States, he's all, he automatically goes on to 40 grand a week. Yeah. I was going to so say, there must be a, there must be a financial oh, incentive for Absolutely. So you look at you think if you're kind of looking at Gloucester versus United States, anywhere in the United States is probably nicer than Gloucester. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if he's young, he, well, he's young. I assume he's young. He's he's fit. He's strong. He's fast. Yeah. yeah. And these, the decision that he has made, it's not. It's not Luke Littler has decided that he's going to go and join the NFL. No, no. It's 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 a very comparable sport, as much as Liam would probably wring my neck for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, it, it is a very comparable sport. I mean, a few players have done it over the years where they've transitioned from from league to union. I think it was Sam Burgess done it a few years ago. He was at the South Sydney Rabbitohs, and then he, he wanted to change over to union. He had a couple of caps with the England union, realised, oh, hang on, there's a bit of a difference between league and union, which there is a, a Big yeah. and union, but you know, as there is between rugby union and American football, but with the American football side of things, they have positions specifically for people that are fucking lightning quick, and he is one yeah. of them. Yeah. So, I mean, if he can, I get why. You know, like I said, when I first heard it, I thought why, but the more you look into it, you think, Do you know what, you're young. If you go out there for four or five years earn money you know to you know if you've got a young family or you're looking at starting a family you can financially secure yourself go out there when you come back you're still only 26 27 you've still got a good six seven years playing in the welsh national team which 
he will go back into the Welsh national team because he's he's good. So good on him and good luck to the fella. I'm, you know, yeah. oh, I'm pissed off. He's not <laughs> he's not playing in this year's Six Nations. You know, and it looks like we might lose George North as well through an injury. That's still up in the air. But you know, yeah, I'm annoyed he's not playing in that. But you have to make those decisions, and he's made that. And good luck to the fella. Yeah. Really, good luck to him, you know. Yeah. Speaking of money, money moves. You see, Jordan Henderson, <laughs> he's come back, hasn't he, to from Saudi Arabia? Oh, has he? No, I had not seen this. Yeah, he's Jordan Henderson. Uh, when did he go over there? September time or whatever? On not even seven, that long ago. Yeah, uh, seven hundred thousand pound or whatever it was. Uh, he's um, he's chinned in Saudi Arabia and he's come back to Europe and he has now signed for Ajax. What on and earth is going on? Well. He had to pay out. He had to pay buy out of his contract, uh, and he's come back to Ajax. You know, I mean, a lot of people thought he was going to come back to the Premier League. I mean, he's thirty seven now. I think. I don't think. I mean, he could play in the Premier League, not at the Liverpool level, you know. But I think he's gone out there. Yeah, he gives all these excuse, you know, all these reasons why. But you know, money would have played a factor in it. But when you're playing games in front of six, seven hundred people, I think he's realised actually this is shit. Yeah, um, and maybe the culture out there and the way of life out there doesn't suit him either. Which you know, because it's a it's a massive change for us people out here in the West that you know pop down the pub, have a few pints, shout and swear and whatnot. You know, it's a bit different out there. So. Yeah, to come back and play in the Udavese for for Ajax is is a strange one, really. But it is a strange, it's a strange option. Yeah, like you just yeah. thought, like I don't even know, probably not Everton, <laughs> but nah. I don't know, like a midfield team, something something like that. You would have it would have slid right into Brighton or Wolves or yeah. you know coming in at Villa or even if you went down and played for 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 you know Norwich or someone. You know, you you think that would. <sighs> But yeah, Ajax, strange one, very strange one. Yeah, strange. We will wait and see what happens with that. See yeah. whether he stays or see whether he uh, retires from football. Thirty-seven is a is an age. Um, <laughs> pay, players do play into the forties, but not very often. I think probably mm-hmm. Ajax will be where he. Even so, like Ajax will probably not be where he calls home for a very long, like for the long period of time. He'll probably come back to the UK. But he's it, weird, weird move. But let's see what happens. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Nice one. Enjoyed the conversation this week. Take care. Yeah, will do. Look after yourself. See you soon. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thanks for joining us this week for Sportscast Podcast. As normal, you'll get us on our social media, Instagram and X, formerly Twitter, at Sportscast Pod UK. Join us again next week. Yeah.